Rich Living Familam, and welcome to Jesse's World, where we talk all things success, wellness, business, current affairs, and life. If you have a good sense of humor, are upwardly mobile, and want to be your best self, you've come to the right place. We're not just a podcast, we're a community of people embracing and sharing positive vibes, life tips, and great energy. So let's get it. Today's topic is discovering and rediscovering your gifts. But first, you already know, it's Tessie time. So today, (laughs) Tessie is talking about emergency room closures in Ontario, Canada. Now, according to the Ontario government, this is not just a local issue. This is an issue all around the world, everywhere. Everyone has the same issue. All emergency rooms all over the place are closing. I don't know. Something tells me that's not quite the case, but perhaps I'm wrong. Why don't you leave a comment and let me know where you're located and are your emergency hospital emergency rooms closing? Because in Ontario, it's getting a little bit alarming and ridiculous. Um, so according to the government, first we had a new health minister who decided to say, and I'm, I'm ad living off of a news article I read. Um, she had no comment regarding the closures of emergency rooms in hospitals and ICU units. That means the sickest people in ICU intensive care unit are also being taken out of the unit. This makes no sense. Ontario, if this happens one time in one hospital, it has happened too much. Do you understand Mr. Ford? Okay. I know Ford's going to say it's a funding issue. All premiers across Ontario or Canada, sorry, are struggling with the same thing. And while the government of Canada has recently given, I think it was $2 million to healthcare to the provinces, obviously Ford's going to say it's not enough. Now, is it enough? Isn't it enough? I don't have that level of information. I don't think any of us do. I don't think they're giving us that level of information. But if that level of information is out there, here's what I know. You guys have a budget. I know there's a certain amount of money that we spend on foreign affairs. I know there's a certain amount of money we spend on foreign aid. Honey, let me start right there. No disrespect to international communities. But if we don't have working hospitals in our own community, perhaps we need some of that foreign aid to aid us in keeping the sick people here in Canada healthy. How about we provide our sick people with care? There's one area we can improve on. Um, And that's just off the dome without any knowledge or experience in the background. I mean, I have some political experience. I have a lot of social development experience, but I'm just going off the dome. How about we have a look at our current, our um, foreign aid, aid budget? I'm not saying don't help others. I'm not saying cut the entire budget, but I think we can surely find something in there. Maybe something that was grandfathered in that is no longer needed. Who knows what line items might pop up when you have a look at it, right? 
But what I do know is my fellow Canadians are suffering, according to Ford. I definitely know my fellow Ontarios, Ontarians are suffering. And I, I know that this is deplorable and this is unacceptable. Okay, new health minister. I was going to say, we really need a new health minister. But she did just show up. So after, as the news puts it, a long weekend in hiding, <laughs> she comes out and says that they are working on it, but there are no quick solutions. Oh, more good news. Not only are people who are the most sick, people coming to emergency, meaning possibly being rushed there by ambulance in desperate need of care. Where are they supposed to go exactly? Not only are they being uh, met with closed emergency rooms, but also we have people in intensive care, the other people most sick, and they are also being closed out. So you're telling me that more good news is that we can expect more of it because there's no quick fix. That's ridiculous. You better find yourself a quick fix. Okay, because we need solutions now. Now is not the time to pussyfoot around the bush. All right, find solutions. Okay, what do you need to cut? How do we need to work together? How is it? What needs to happen where? Okay, because I'm pretty sure that let's say I love to swim, but I'll be real. A public pool should close before a public emergency room. I'm just letting you know. I'm just letting you know that somewhere, somewhere in the budget, you guys can surely find an opportunity. You know what? I see a lot of road closures when I'm driving. I see a lot of work on the highway and I appreciate it. We all need safe highways for sure, right? I'm not saying allow the potholes to, 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 to um, you know, I guess accumulate. But what I am saying is you can find uh, the money, sir, Ford, sir Trudeau, sir whoever the heck or madam needs to fix this problem. Somebody needs to fix it. Somebody needs to fix it. Start at foreign aid. Start at foreign aid, honey. We don't know if we're, if our healthcare system is not remarkable, is not world renowned, is not something that everybody is, is, is marveling at. I mean, for God's sakes, don't let me get started. Oh, it is testy time. You don't even know. Don't let me get started on how deplorable and embarrassing Pearson International is. I am tired of making the news for bad things. Canada. Oh, Canada. Let's stand up and improve ourselves, yes? So we need solutions. Canadian citizens, we must demand solutions. Healthcare is nothing to ramp with. You might be a very healthy person today, but you don't know what tomorrow brings. And I have been sick and I have been in the hospital. And I give thanks to God for every great nurse that I encountered, every great porter I encountered, every amazing doctor that I encountered, people who have saved my life. I give thanks. And I'm not saying they don't deserve um, vacation time because now what the minister is saying is part of the reason for the closures is that people need vacations and hospitals. She's putting it back on the hospitals, which mm, I wouldn't do because that's not really the root of the issue. Let's think about this for a minute. But anyways, nice try. She's saying the hospitals have made the decision that their staff deserve vacation time before COVID becomes another issue in the in the winter and fall. Hmm. All right. Well, COVID numbers are down. Thank God. Let's hope they just keep going down. I'm not, I don't really understand why, I guess, as people come indoors more in the winter and fall is the thought that then we're not outside. And so 
I don't know. I guess it's we're in close quarters, so it's more contagious. I, I, I can only assume that that's why. Um, I know cold and flu season is a thing. Maybe I don't really know the science behind it. I'm not going to sit down and, and guess. But for whatever reason, they're projecting it going up. Okay, fair enough. So they want their vacation beforehand. Fair enough. So what happened all the other years that people had their vacations? This is vacation season, they said. So in my entire life, and I was born and raised in Canada, in Ontario, okay, I've never seen this, never once. Yet, I'm sure that in my lifetime, probably hospital staff have gone on vacation, right? Is this the first time in in decades that anybody has gone on vacation? Is it? I'm so confused. So no, probably not. It's probably not the first time that hospital staff have been on vacation. So since it's not the first time that hospital staff have been on vacation, perhaps the minister of health is ill-advised and it's not because they decided to allow their staff to go on vacation. And perhaps we would appreciate politicians that level with us and are at least honest so that we can start to look for solutions where the problem lies. Okay, because if you look, my mother used to tell me, Jessica, do not look for the keys under the lamp. Okay, that's the punchline. The story is about a man who loses his car keys, his house keys, his car keys. You know, you got your keychain, right? Mm -hmm. So he loses his keychain when he's walking from his car to the building. Okay, this is my version. And he passes some bushes along the way and that's where he actually dropped the keys but as you go into the building there's like a lamppost there and because that's where the light is that's where he's looking under the lamppost it's the easiest place to look that's where the lights are but it's not where the keys are right now i feel like you're telling us that nobody's gone on vacation before what the bomba clap that's bullshit i'ma call it out no sir that is not true no madam that is not true of course people have gone on vacation. So don't show me this lamppost and tell me to look for my keys. Okay, because I well know it's in the bushes. So, okay, that's not it. People are probably drained from COVID. Of course, they need their vacation. Kudos, I agree. Give them a little extra time. But what system was in place in the past? What system was in place in the past? Okay, so let's just make shit up now. Let's assume there's higher turnover because, I mean, obviously, people would feel burned out because of COVID, right? They worked very hard for a very long time. Maybe they just said, forget it. Okay, fair enough. My question, educated powers that be, did you not see this coming? I mean, there was a lot of things we didn't see coming in the pandemic. The potential of staff shortages isn't one of them. I think we've been dealing with that almost from the beginning. People were scared. Nobody wants to die. Fair enough. It makes a lot of sense. I I honestly am in awe of the bravery of healthcare officials. Thank God for them. Seriously. Thank God. Right? Because people are sick and they need to be cared for and they don't just have COVID. People have heart attacks. People have need operations. People, there's all types of illnesses. You pick one. People need working hospitals and they need people working in the hospitals. Okay. Okay. So did we not know that people would get tired? Did we not know that people would need breaks? Could we not have, don't we have a, something called the central Lynn? 
Don't we have a LIN system, a system where healthcare knowledge is shared throughout the province? Perhaps resources could be rotated. Perhaps we could have been educating medical students, even incentivizing medical students to then float and, and, and kind of fill in some of those gaps as did, I don't remember the name of the hospital, one hospital in downtown Toronto, they avoided an ER closure because they were able to bring in resident um, nurses and medical, um, medical students and stuff to help fill in. Okay. Mm-hmm. We need innovative thinking in this time. Okay, we can bring in people from other countries who are trained. We can expedite the process. And I know they're going to say these things are underway, and that's wonderful. And thank God for the future if that's the case. But we also know you've been cutting funds. We also know people are working harder for less. Okay, boost that up. Nothing incentivizes like money, honey. So seriously, can we really reinvest in our healthcare? I don't care who cut what first. Oh, the liberals cut it first. Oh no, for I know Ford made a big cut when when he came in. I saw it. I'm sorry for it. I like you for some reasons, and I don't love some of the leadership decisions you made for others. And I can assure you that nobody needs a buck of beer and closed um emergency rooms. We don't need those stickers on the floor and closed emergency rooms. Are we children? Are we in a daycare center pacifying us with stickers and beer? What the hell is going on? I don't understand. Oh, Tessie's taken over. I'm sorry. We're going to get to our regular programming. But Tessie has taken over because it's not okay. Open our emergency rooms. Fund our staff. Fund our health care. Don't play around with health care. Health care is like the last thing you should play around with. Because if none of us are here then there's no society to fund or not fund. Pull it out of wherever you need to pull it out of. Honey, take it out of your 401k for all I care. Fund our health care and find a solution. That's why you've been elected, sir. All right? And if your health minister can't help you figure it out, then look for another one yet again. Sometimes that's just how it goes, but we need solutions. So, okay. That's Tessie time for you. You let me know in the comments. Maybe you have better suggestions. I can go on for days. Clearly, I'm passionate about our healthcare and it being firmly resourced. Um, yeah, it's not okay. I'm just really sad to know people are suffering. I love my Canadians. I love my Ontarians. I love humans in general. If you've learned anything about me with this podcast, you know I want everyone to what? Be their best selves. That's why we're here. And it's so hard to be your best self when you're just not well. So wellness is part of it. And I'm on my own wellness journey. And I've had things that have made me sick and unexpected things happen where emergency room literally saved my life. So I have a lot of empathy for people who are hitting up closed emergency rooms. It's painful. It hurts my heart. I love pe- I love you. Everybody in Ontario, in Canada, in Toronto, in Aurora, in Niagara, I love you. And honestly, Ford, also, you need to look throughout your region since we're just going to talk about healthcare. You need to look throughout your region, sir. And sorry for the international people, but tell me if this is happening where you are. I want to know, right? And if you were planning to come here, you need to know this is happening here, right? But Mr. Ford, you need to look. Um, at your your portfolio, Ontario, and ask yourself why is healthcare so different in some areas than it is in others? Because I've lived in areas that it's like, 
renowned and amazing and actually was was raised in areas like that, like luckily. And then you move out to like the outskirts of Ontario and you find out that like there it's like, man, it's like it's like a ditch and a band-aid. Fam, this is not okay. Okay, maybe not as bad as a ditch and a band-aid, but it's nothing like it is in kind of like the GTA area. The outskirts are suffering too. Now, do not take the money from the GTA and put it in the outskirts. Take the money from something frivolous. Take, there's many places you can cut that it's not that big of a deal. Take the money from there. Never take from healthcare ever again. Nobody cut healthcare. Nobody ever cut healthcare again. Please. All right. Tessie's done. And to lighten the mood, we're going to bring in Mrs. Wright. So, you know, this segment and how it goes. This is where we take a random topic from a random topic generator that Google provides. And we um, basically do a freestyle poem, song, rap, uh, story. And it's like, whatever, off the dome. This is like off the dome hour. So let's get it, you know? So we're about to pull a topic. And I'm trying to bring myself back to Zen. And I know that we talk a lot about centering ourselves on this podcast. So yes, I got a little hype and um, it's the yin with the yang, baby. You know how it goes. We need balance in life and this is balance. I was actually talking with my goddaughter. Um, Shout out my beautiful angel, Chanel. I was talking with her about the importance of balance. And yeah, no, life is not always perfect. It's not always roses. Like you need shit to grow roses. Like life is duality. It's balance. So Nice, good conversations with Chanel. Oh, oh, girl, she's coming out soon with her stuff. You're going to love her. You're going to love her. She's coming out. Go big up C-Rose, follow her. Um, C- is it Cela Luna? Yeah, you can go check both. She's worth it. She's worth it. <laughs> You'll find her. And uh, she's, she's, she's coming out, man. She's coming out. I'm not even going to announce it for her because she'll announce it when she's ready. But I'm excited for her. Uh, but yeah, I digress. Moving on, uh, we're Miss, Mrs. Wright. We want to center ourselves and we're going to take a random topic and we're going to have a little bit of fun. Duality, baby. So what is your favorite piece? Uh, what is your favorite piece of technology that you own? Wow. That's a really important question. Technology is a funny topic. Oh yeah. I'm not supposed to talk about it. Oh, I could do that though. I'm supposed to, that's a whole other, that's a whole other segment. I randomly talk about topics, but actually we do that. You know where we do that? We actually do that in, um, three shots in a mango beer. So shout out my co-host, uh, at Tradell the comic God, who's also my son, Tradell Lambert. Uh, I co-host three shots and a mango beer. Check that out. We're on Instagram and we're on all podcast platforms. Uh, and we do talk random talks um, there and it's awesome and fun and very entertaining and engaging and a lot more lighthearted. Here we're doing hard work. We're working on ourselves to become our best selves. There we're just kind of, you know, having fun, being family and shooting the shit, quite frankly. So, all right. What is your favorite piece of technology? Hmm. So... I think I'll freestyle a story today. Once upon a time, there was a girl 
who could not imagine a technological world. She heard about advances that were soon to come, but honestly, she thought the whole thing was dumb. Who would believe that anyone would rather swipe a machine than just reach in their pocket and pull out some green? So she wasn't feeling it. She thought it was whack. And lo and behold, she just slacked on the idea of investing in innovation and knowledge and future things to come. Like I said, at the end of the day, she thought it was all quite dumb. Today, she's kicking her butt at all the things she turned down. There were so many opportunities, and now none are around. You need millions to get into things she was offered then, but, she, you know, she didn't have the foresight, and so it go. <laughs> so today, she just is a utilizer of technology instead of a creator. She, she, she decided to turn things around and become an innovator. She learned from her early lessons when she said no thank you to opportunities and decided to create what she knew was the best for her. And so this has stopped rhyming, but that's okay. And so she became a podcaster and a writer of books. She became a curator of things that make people feel good and not just focus on their looks. Although looking good is important too, she did notice because it is a, oh, this is a terrible story. <laughs> no, it's a great story <laughs> because she, so she noticed that it's very important. Looks are very important because they are sometimes an indicator of health. And she also noticed technology is very important because it is sometimes an indicator of wealth. Um, her favorite piece of technology, you ask? Well, she can't lie. It's not her big screen TV or even her heated seats in her car. It's not her microphone that reaches out to you wherever you are. No, it's not her computer that keeps everything in check. It's her phone so that she can always check on her son and make sure he's okay. And she can always connect with the people she loves in that way. Yeah, the phone is her favorite piece of technology. She can't lie because it connects her to the most important thing in life. And that's loved ones. So there you go. You now know that girl is Jessie. And this is the Jessie's World Show. Bop, 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 bop. I brought it back. Come on. You know I brought it back. All right. That was my silly story, and that's Mrs. Wright. Um, okay, that was fun. I always have fun. Sometimes I lose my way because <laughs> it's all impromptu. I When you hear the topic, that's when I see the topic. I just click the generator, and I read it to you, and then boom, boom. I have to, like, formulate real quick. What is my answer to this question? Am I doing a poem, a song, or a story, basically? And often my stories tend to rhyme if they're like simple stories. Um, so yeah, it's it's a bop. It's a whole thing. But hopefully you enjoy it and it's just a process and it's just fun. So I don't know if I introduced, actually I did. So I introduced the topic in the intro, but now we're getting into today's very, very, very important topic. 
And we will see. It might have a part two, even a part three, but we'll see what we get through today. Um, so today's topic, discovering and rediscovering your gifts. All right, let's get real. Let's get deep. Walk with me, my friends. So why rediscovering? Why is that part of the topic? So often a lot of my listeners, I have listeners of all ages, thank God. They tend to like, you know, they tend to range from 18 to I don't know what age they go up to, but adult, right? I'm talking to young adults and adults, um, maybe a few youth. And so this touches everyone because if you're an adult, you might be raising a youth as well, but also it's important for you. So the rediscovering is like the thing about gifts. Here's what I believe. Let's start there. Tony Robbins has actually a quote and I have have my own quote, but I'm going to start with his. It says, figuring out your gift is the key to finding lasting satisfaction in life. Figuring out your gift is the key to finding lasting satisfaction satisfaction in life. Now imagine if Tony Robbins had worked with the Rolling Stones years ago. We might not have that awesome song, I can't get no satisfaction. (laughs) Okay, sorry with the corny jokes. That's just me. No, I'm not sorry. I'm a corny girl, man. I love it. It's just, you know, love it or leave it, baby. But um, yeah, okay, so satisfaction. Satisfaction is underrated, right? To feel satisfied, you know, like when you eat a meal, you don't eat too much, you don't eat too little, you're not hungry, you're not full, you're satisfied. Or after sex, you could feel satisfied. You could feel elated, depends on the day, I guess. But you could feel satisfied. Or after a good long walk, You can feel satisfied, but not so long that you built calluses on your feet, just long enough that you got your heart rate up, your muscles stretched, your your body feels good. Satisfied. It's a nice feeling, right? Okay. So if we figure out our gifts, we can feel satisfied forever, lasting satisfaction. Honestly, meditating on words is quite important and really like taking in what they mean. Lasting satisfaction. That feeling lasts. You wake up satisfied. You go through your day satisfied. You come home. Are you grumpy? Are you angry? Are you moody? Are you pissed off? No, man. You're satisfied. Tick, tick. That's blessed. So that's the goal today, fam. Let's get satisfied, all right? Um, And we're going to do that how? Well, why not try the best way, which is finding our gifts, okay? So that's the mission. We're on a mission. Are you guys ready to lock in? All right. So before we can embrace our gifts, we have to find our gifts. So this is why I said, discovering and rediscovering your gifts. So I, if I'm to bring us back to high school, or if you're in high school, then I don't even need to bring you back. Um, but let's, for fun, go to high school right now. Mentally. Let's just mentally visualize high school. Different people in high school had different experiences. 
That's fair to say. But what we all had in common at that time, probably, or most of us, is that we were looking for what we wanted to do with our life. We're also trying to figure out who we are, which is amazing because when you hit your 40s again, they call that a midlife crisis. But it's not a crisis. It's only a crisis, I guess, if you take it the wrong way, like, oh, no, (laughs) I've been wrong about everything my whole life. (laughs) Now I got to go fix it. Ah, no, don't even take it like that. It's not even there has to be the reason I'm so jokey. Well, that is my personality. I will joke about whatever. But like also, it's a much better way to deal with life. Luckily, I was raised by a grandma who had a great sense of humor. My uncle Tim has such a great sense of humor. And so I was raised by people who who like they could laugh at life. They didn't take it too serious. And then the other side of my family, my siblings and stuff, they're pretty funny, too. And so I'm I'm blessed to have humor kind of all around me. And then me and my son, we joke all the time. Again, check out three shots and a mango beer. You'll hear it for yourself. We We laugh all day long. We laugh all podcast long. So it's important to just kind of you know, be like laugh at life. But, um, yeah. Okay. So we're going to high school and we're meditating on, on high school. We're looking for our gifts. We're looking for who we are. We're forming our identity, right? Who were you in high school? Who did you think you wanted to be then? And then now where you are, did you, did you achieve your goal? Did you, Did you become what you thought you would become? Are you disappointed that you didn't? Did you even know what your gifts were or your dreams were? Or were you just thinking with your head, not your heart, right? So I remember when I was looking. Now, I was a a different circumstance. And hopefully some of my listeners, they'll, they'll understand what I'm saying here. But not everybody would have had this experience. And I understand that. I was from the hood. I was, I, well, I am biracial. I did grow up in the hood, right? And although I had the good fortune of teachers liking me because, you know, I speak well and I'm a pretty girl and I don't know, what have you, um, you know, maybe some of my uncle's charm rubbed off on me, whatever, right? Lambert charm. For whatever reason, I was able to have some, like the teachers like me, but there was still stigma around being a girl, around being from the hood, around being black, quite frankly. Okay. Um, so when I decided to do career counseling, which is interesting in and of itself, it's a whole thing where they, you know, Myers-Briggs and all this stuff where they ask you questions and then the computer spits out, here's what you might be good at. Honestly, Maybe. I'm not going to say that I think it's bullshit, but I think it's cognitive. And I think that, yes, cognitively, some of your gifts and desires could come out. But at that age, and even at this age in life, often we are not locked into our center and we're not looking within for the answers. We're just looking at what we've seen. Oh, I seen this lawyer drive a Tesla. Lawyers make good money. I want good money. I should be a lawyer. Or I'm told I argue well. So that was me. I was told I argued well. (laughs) I always was able to form an argument, 
critically think, even before I took critical thinking years later in, in college or whatever, I was always able to do this and present it and advocate for myself. So I was told I should be a lawyer. Um, I was really great with children and I actually had jobs working with children in community settings. Um, and I was really good at it. That's true. So I was told I should be a teacher. Now I'm, I mean, I kind of have rediscovered that because I'm doing that in my podcasts. I'm doing that in some of my platforms and online courses that I I'm developing. And honestly, before I even kind of launched these brands, the way that I wanted to, um, and I'm still in the process of doing, um, I was, I was consulting. I've been consulting for like 20 years. So I've been helping people develop their life and their businesses for like 20 years. That's how I was able to fund myself and pay my rent and pay for my son and all of that and have flexibility as a single parent to be there for my son is through coaching and helping and consulting to other uh, for others, right? So in that way, yeah, I guess I became a form of a teacher. Um, but at no time do I recall anybody in that process asking me to connect with my inner self, to kind of discover my gifts, to think about what I enjoy and what I like to do. And what I do remember is that when I said I want to be a lawyer, and I am quoting this guidance counselor, she said, Jessica, set your sights lower. Set your sights lower. Huh. And I'm just a, like a young person in high school. And, and, and that like really broke my spirit in that time a bit. And it hurt me because what about me makes this big woman, this teacher think or feel that I am not good enough for what I want to do or be in my life to the point where you will actually comfortably vocalize that to me. It actually hurt me bad. And the worst part about that statement that she made is I did do that. I did set my sights lower. And I don't think I said to myself, oh, I'm going to go set my sights lower now because she said so. No, of course not. But I, it created doubt. It created like, hmm, can I even do this? Do you know what I mean? It's You have to be careful when you're an educator or in any position of kind of authority, especially working with young people, but working with anyone. We're all human. We're This whole podcast is just a bunch of humans at whatever age working to develop themselves. So we're not perfect. There's no way that we're never going to reach perfection. But the idea is to step into our best selves and and get along as far along in the self-actualization journey as we can possibly get. You know what I mean? So don't break someone's spirit. Maybe just because you can't see it, it doesn't mean they can't see it. And if they can see it, you know the saying, honey, if you can see it, you can be it. If you can see it, you can believe it. If you can believe it, you can be it. Or if you can believe it, you can see it. If you see it, you can be it. Whichever one you want to say, right? Point is, who are you to stop somebody seeing it or believing it and therefore being it? You better just uh, put your mouth on luck and key fam. Maybe you don't see it for yourself, And that's on you. Like you need to work with yourself to find your gifts, you know, which is what we're doing here today. But the flip side of that is if I could go back and change, it's not that I would be a lawyer. 
That's not what I'm saying. But what I, what I would change is allowing anybody that much control over my thoughts or my heart or my emotions or my feelings to actually influence what I do with the rest of my life. That's insane. And even at that young age, if I could go back and hug that girl and say like, don't even listen to this person. They're probably going home to an unhappy home. They're probably miserable. They probably, who knows what their problem is. Maybe they're racist. Maybe they're classist. Maybe they're just not enlightened enough to know the impact they have on others. Maybe they just lack vision. Who the heck knows? Not my issue, right? My sister loves to say, um, my sister, Trisha, she'll say, not my circus, not my monkeys, <laughs> right? I love that saying. I've adopted it from her. And um, yeah, same, same situation, you know? She is, she, that wasn't my issue, but unfortunately I took it. So don't let anyone tell you where your bar is. This is the first thing. When, like we're about to embark on a journey where we're going to remember what feels good to us. Because the truth is our innate gifts are our innate gifts. Um, they're inside of us. They've been inside of us all along. And so it's either that you knew that they were inside of you and you pushed it to the side and forgot it. You knew they were inside of you and you nurtured it and you're already living it and you just want to live it better. Or you never discovered them. You, or you didn't even look or if you did, you didn't know where to start and you, you didn't discover them. Either which way, we're going to take this journey now. When you discover them, the first thing you're going to want to do is tell everybody. And you're going to want to use them. Because that's what you're supposed to do. You have to develop them, strengthen them, and use them. And it's exciting. And of course you want to tell everyone. But in doing that, I have to start by telling you that there are going to be people like that guidance counselor that's going to tell you to set your sights lower or that it's not practical or that it can't be done or that no one's ever done it before. That's the best one. Like talk about, we live in a world of innovation. We just did a whole story on it. And to think that no one's ever done something before means that it can't be done. It would mean that we would still be rubbing sticks together. And even then that at some point, somebody had to be the first person to rub sticks and create fire. Even that. So it can be done. I don't even know what it is you want to do, but I know you can do it. I know if you can conceive it, and you found it inside of you, then God gave you that unique gift. Maybe you're the only one that can do it. Think about that. Maybe you are the only one that is positioned to do it. Maybe the sum of your experiences and knowledge and feelings and disappointments and, and upliftments and opportunities and lack thereof have brought you to the point where you are the only one. Nobody walked in your shoes yet. You're the only one that can do it. So if you're the only one, then not only should you not shut that down, quite frankly, you're obligated, honey. You're obligated to use your gift. And now here's the beauty. God gave everybody internal gifts, their own internal gifts. And honestly, sometimes in society, like people talk about haters and what have you, it's not possible for a hater to take your gift. They could try, somebody could try to emulate you. Somebody could try to be like you or steal your idea or steal, but nobody can steal your gift. And if somebody who's not gifted does the same thing that you do, but you're gifted at it, I mean, you win, this is yours. So no one can steal your gift. So you don't have to hide it or worry about it or protect it or never let it shine. Lock it up like a princess in a tower. You can bring her out. Bring out your princess. Rapunzel, let down your hair. 
it's okay because nobody can steal your gift. It's yours. It's all your own. But what that also means is you cannot steal anyone else's gift. Hey, so when you see somebody and you admire them, just understand admiration and jealousy are very, very different. Admiration is like, oh my God, look how beautiful you are. Look at this amazing gift you have. I respect that. I appreciate it. Ooh, let me bask in your presence. You are blessed. You are shining. Ooh, you are beautiful. And honestly, having the ability to do that, I think that's one of my gifts. I, I can look at a, a, another woman and be like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. And mean it. And not feel like nothing. Like I, like I would compare myself or... No, because I'm beautiful too in a totally different way, in my own way. And you're beautiful in your way. And you're beautiful is awesome. And I'm really glad God gives us different like different forms of beauty or handsomeness or whatever. It's like ice cream. Not, but nobody wants to, I mean, most people don't want to have vanilla every day, but let's say they even did. They'd have to have strawberry to know they like vanilla. You know, without that, they just think, is this all there is? <laughs> so that's the same with gifts. Like it's okay for somebody, for you to look at someone's gift and admire it, but don't mistake it as, that's what you're supposed to do. But it can give you encouragement that you have your gift and you should also use it. And it will be so beautiful and it will shine and it will inspire others. And the better you do in life, it's like the more you become an inspiration for others to do better. So get on your gifts, you know, and don't worry about nobody else's gifts. Like, Mind your business. <laughs> That's a constant phrase you'll hear me say throughout this podcast because it's a big deal. You want to mind your own business. It's okay to be helpful to others. It's okay to love others. It's okay to advise others, work with others, support others, encourage others. But don't try to steal nobody's shine. Don't try to steal nobody's gifts because you can never have that gift. It's not yours, fam. It's not yours. You can only have your gift. Look within, okay, and love your gift. If you don't love the gift God gave you, learn to love it. All right, so now... Walk with me. Let's do a little meditation. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. And I want to take you to a time where you just felt really good doing something. In. Out. So for me, some of the things that feel really good. In. Um, I love swimming. I'll start there. When I'm in the water, I feel like I am home. Like I am very comfortable. I feel alive. I don't always want to get out of the pool anytime soon. And I just really enjoy it. I believe that's environmental. I was lucky. I was raised like right near a pool. And I spent my whole summer, every summer in the pool. So did my uncle. It was, he's nine years older than me. It was always a big deal when my uncle showed up. All the kids loved him. All the kids my age loved him. So I had the coolest uncle on the block type of vibes, you know, or the coolest brother because he's more like my bro, you know. And like the, the pool for me holds a lot of fantastic memories. And while I don't believe the pool is a place that I'm meant to be like a professional swimmer. It's not meant to be my 
It's not meant to be my um, profession. It is somewhere I'm supposed to be for my health. It's a place I'm supposed to visit for my personal joy and personal like love of life. Mm-hmm. I used to swim a lot and then I moved about a year ago. And even before that, the pandemic kind of shut it down. But before that, that's something I also shared with my son. I had him in a pool. You know, he was only a few months old. I have a picture of us. And he's been in the pool ever since too. And it's like the bonding for us, right? We'll go, music playing, swim laps. I always loved the pool. So I know based on this exercise and just vibing with you guys right now that I need to return to the pool. Where's that place that you go to that you love? Have you been there lately? Is there something you love doing? Have you done it lately? Send me a comment. Let me know what it is you love to do that you've been missing and when you plan to do it again because we're not here making lists. We're making changes for our life. And sometimes it's not just discovery. It's rediscovery that matters too. Keep breathing. Another thing I love to do is talk. And it's hilarious because I would never, I mean, you guys would never guess it based on the podcast, would you? (laughs) I would never, like, I knew I always wanted to be a talk show host. But nobody took me seriously. Um, Like, I was a child saying I wanted to be a talk show host, right? And I remember my grandmother being like, Jesus, Jesse, you're like a bloody typewriter. Do you ever shut up? And um, after years of experience, I am firmly rooted in the answer, no, no, I don't ever shut up. (laughs) And that's because that's a gift of mine. As they call it, the gift of the gap. That's a gift. And I love it. I love talking to people. I have my quiet times, but... Talking is a way that I connect. Oh, and if I can make eye contact, I love that too. But yeah. So then I came around to podcasting now. And this is a really important part of my life, connecting with people. I get energy from the messages I get, from the positive feedback, from knowing that an episode might have brightened someone's day or improved someone's life even in some small way. And so I know that this is something that I must continue to do. It's a happy place. It's a gift God gave me and put inside of me. And I want to use that gift. So it's definitely something that I will continue to use for joy and for and for my per- professional development. Absolutely. Another thing I've always loved, and I've spoken openly about this, is writing. Since I was a young girl in elementary, I was writing books and putting them in the library for checkout. It was a big deal. I just, I I loved reading the dictionary. Not a lot of children want to stay home on a Saturday and read the dictionary. 
Um, I loved writing. I loved just making up poems and stories. And I still do. I still do. I had a segment Mrs. Wright. Now, I'm not going to say that, you know, the stories I create off the dome are the same as the ones I write in terms of quality, but I do love that. I do. So for sure, I want to continue to do that as a profession. It's awesome. It gives me joy. I feel comfortable. I feel like it's in my wheelhouse and it doesn't cause a lot of stress or negativity in any way. It just gives me joy. Um, and if I could help people, I make resources as well. I have resource books out there. I just got my daily planner in today. If it can help people, that's even better. What is it that comes up for you in terms of things you love that you either are doing as a profession or could do as a profession or, or wished you had? Because here's the truth. You can, you can live a thousand lives, darling. You can change your profession at any time. And you don't even have to be dramatic. You can build it. You know, let's say you have a nine to five, but you have like this, you know, passion for creating, you know, art with bottle caps. I don't know. Just made something up. Well, you can start to commission those pieces on your off time. You can put them together. You can host weekend galleries or evening gallery events do auctions, even build relationships with nonprofits who might auction it off and split the proceeds with you and then you give them part of it for for their fundraising initiatives or what have you. Off the dome. So, yeah. I do, I am an ideas person. I definitely love helping people with ideas. That's part of what I do when I do my success strategy um, consulting Um, so yeah, I take a limited number of clients for consulting, um, with the level of experience that I've developed and, you know, uh, the things I'm trying to do, I, I, I'm able to, you know, charge what I'm worth and only take a few clients and also keep my energy for some of the other things I'm doing. And it's really important to preserve your energy and to have a firm, firm understanding of what it is you want to do in your life what it is you don't want to do because what I can assure you is nobody knows when their time's up and we want to think about the gifts we're using the legacies we're leaving if we're doing something that feels right for us and if it can somehow offer value to the universe even after you're gone wow what a beautiful beautiful gift that legacy becomes um so for me uh yeah it's the podcasting it's the writing it's the course development, it's the, it's the consulting, you know, it's, it's loving and helping and spreading good positive messages. Um, and it's running jokes and it's entertainment. Not everything has to be deep and enlightening. I love to run jokes and I feel like that, like they say laughter is the best medicine and then call me Dr. J, you know, call me Dr. Jessica because I'm definitely love to make people laugh and I love to laugh all day. And I remember that about my grandmother. She just like, I just grew up with her laughing all the time. She didn't even have a reason. She just found like, I mean, she did, but like it was her sense of humor was a little different. Like she could find funny and everything. I love that. So as you kind of like discover those gifts, ask yourself, like, how are you going to nurture those gifts? 
if you could even take a moment and just write down, jot down what has come up for you, especially if it's new stuff or stuff you haven't looked at in years, just jot it down, right? And then just think like how, pick one, pick just even one thing and like whether it's professional or just for joy, how are you going to work that into your life? Is it going to be once a week, once a day, once a month? Like if you miss meditation or yoga, you can do that daily, right? But if you miss like, you know, it just depends what it is and how that, what your life's like, but you've got to fit it in. I won't take less than a month. Anything more than once a month is too far apart. <laughs> I mean, well, if it's traveling, I guess you could do it annually or semi-annually. Um, but yeah, how will you fit that in your life? And... What would that mean to you, right? In terms of your quality of life. And then in terms of gifts and nurturing gifts, which is like, I believe that, and I'll give you my quote now. You cannot look, actually, it's not, it's not even, I'm not going to give you this quote yet. But I, I, I believe, it's a different quote, that heaven is like when everybody discovers their gifts, like heaven on earth. It's like when everybody discovers their gifts and maximizes them and they just do it for their own personal development and the development of humankind because it helps ourselves and others. And I think that that's like a dope place to be. That's like utopia, but it starts within. It starts from within, right? And now my quote, you cannot look outside in hopes to find gifts and answers that only lie within. Jessica Lambert. You cannot look outside in hopes to find gifts and answers that only lie within. Okay? So, whew, we're doing some deep work today. So, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for me. I'm excited that we're developing our gifts and becoming our best selves. Um, I'm excited that based on the long talk I gave you today, <laughs> you will not let someone else tell you what your gifts are, nor will you allow them to set your bar. Okay. No one can tell you to raise or lower your bar. No one can tell you your, your dream is realistic or unrealistic. Um, yeah, this is your life, honey. You set the bar. All right. You know, what's real for you. You work off of that. You don't need a cheerleading squad. You're good. You got all the cheer from inside, honey. I'm here cheering for you. Hit me up at Jessica Vibes. Tell me I need a cheerleader. I got you. I got you, but you can do it, whatever it is. I don't care what outlandish thing you think you want to do. I'm telling you, you can do it. Okay? All right. Woo. Honey, we got more gift work to do. So I think I'm going to do another episode, but... I also think it's time for big boss vibes, okay? And so we're going to move on to big boss vibes, but hang in there. There's going to be a part two. I think there's going to be a part two because now that you've isolated your gifts, we really got to work on what to do with your gifts, okay? What to do with them, but... We're going to head over to Big Boss Vibes because that's going to tee up a nice little bridge for us because Big Boss Vibes, the topic today 
is it's okay to be compensated for your passion. Let me repeat, it is okay to monetize your passion and your gifts. But God gave me these gifts. Shouldn't I give them away for free? No, God doesn't want you to starve. God doesn't want you hungry. I have a friend. Well, I haven't talked to him in a long time. Hopefully he still sees me as a friend. But I had a colleague, friend, what have you, in real estate named Tamar. And I remember one time Tamar told me, and we were talking about people giving us business, right? Because I'm a real estate broker. And we're talking about people giving us business. And Tamar said, if his friend doesn't use him as a realtor without a great reason, like his friend's wife is a realtor type of thing, right? If his friend doesn't give him the business and goes to like the yellow pages, the local bus, you know, ad, the flyer that showed up at the house, not to somebody like super close, then he doesn't need that person as a friend. And I was like, whoa, Tamar, that's deep. (laughs) Like, I don't know if I'd go that far, right? And Tamar broke it down like this, Jessica, This is how I eat. This is my livelihood. If somebody is not looking to buy or sell a house, that's fine. No problem. I can't like, they shouldn't buy a house because I, this is how I eat. They shouldn't sell a house because this is how I eat. All right. But if they are going to sell a house or buy a house and you're my friend, you call me friend. We have dinner or we have conversations or We hang out. Worse, you call me for real estate advice, which by the way, as a realtor, I'll tell you happens all the time, more than you think. You call me for advice, but go to someone else. That's disrespectful. You're wasting my time and energy and you're basically telling me, I don't want you to eat. I don't want you to have a roof over your head. I don't want you to be able to feed and clothe yourself or your family. Because if you did, why would you go to somebody on a flyer you never met? Why would you not come to me. This is like an opportunity where you actually could give me business and you you would actually go out of your way and choose not to. How could you say you're a friend? And I started thinking it's true because if my brethren order, owned like the local convenience store, let's say, and uh, I could walk five minutes to the left to go to my brethren's store, or I could walk five minutes to the right to go to Joe, Joe Schmo's store. And I don't know Joe Schmo, okay? And my brethren hasn't had much foot traffic, COVID, whatever, life, you know? Or he has, he has, but still my brethren, yeah? So I would go buy my milk at Brethren 11 and not Joe Schmo's Market. Of course. Facts, if Brethren 11 was 10 minutes up the road and Joe Schmo's Market was 7 or 5 minutes up the road, I, I tell you, Straight, I'm going to Brethren 11. Eh? So people who won't shop at Brethren 11, maybe they're not Brethren's at all. Mmm, deep, right? So Tamar showed me that. And I understand where Tamar's coming from. I understand where Tamar's coming from. Because at the end of the day, it's okay to monetize your gifts. It's not like because it's your gift, you're supposed to give it out for free. And like, for me, I don't know how many people that listen to my stuff 
grew up the way I grew up. Like I grew up with honestly, like some adversity and disadvantages. I think everybody has their challenges, but I had zero parents. I had my grandma, thank God, and my uncle, but I had zero parents and, um, and zero money (laughs) and zero, it's not much, you know what I'm saying? And so like for me, the language I understand is love. The currency I understand is love. Love became a form of currency because you're in the hood and I've had times where maybe I don't have any food in my fridge and any money in my pocket. And I've had people say to me, oh, you could shop in my cupboard. Like my best friend, Sherry, well, may she rest in peace. God bless her. I love her. My best friend, Sherry, would be like, you could just shop in my closet. Like, come take anything. But the currency is love. You know what I mean? My sisters had my back before. Love. My mother's had my back. Love. You understand? So, like, I understand love being a currency, and that's a beautiful thing. Don't get it twisted. I'm not poo-pooing on love. Love is fantastic. Love is what I push. Love is what I believe in. However, if you, like, only know that as a currency, then when you have to start charging, it could feel like... Like I'm talking to the new brand new entrepreneur. I'm talking to the guy who's been cutting hair in his basement for all his friends and never charged them anything. And they come and they, they eat his food and they drink his drink and they get their hair cut and they leave. And man's pocket is like, whoa, you know what happened, right? I'm talking to the brand new person, right? That person might feel weird saying 10 bucks ahead now, 20 bucks ahead now. Sorry, I used to charge 10. Prices have gone up because the inflation in life, right? That person's going to feel bad about that. Multi multi-million corporations, they're they're taxing, they're 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 upping prices when they don't have to and they're keeping it up and they're driving inflation. And that's a whole other topic that I'd have to hand over to Tessie. You understand? But I'm talking about like your young your your new entrepreneurs, your young entrepreneurs. No. You might feel awkward, but like, I want to liberate you in this moment, big boss vibes, big boss vibes. You can charge for your passion. You can monetize for your passion. And if people want your passion, want your gift, want to access your gift, I don't care how many other people have might, you think, oh, they have that gift. No one's you. If they want to access your gift, they can pay for your passion. They can pay for it. And if they don't want to pay you, then they're not your friend. Then then they they, they, they just want to suck off your energy and leave, man. They don't want to... Now, now, I'm not saying if they can't afford it, but even if they can't afford it, that's where you have to ask yourself, what position are you in? To What are you prepared to give? Because like, I've had clients that have been like Fortune 500 clients, okay? And I charge them a really good rate. Like I charge them what they should be charged and I, I make my money and then I'll have, you know, my, my brethren at the convenience store, right? Brethren 11. And he wants to know, I need a strategy for success. Jessica, I'm failing over here. And my little one week milk every once a week (laughs) isn't keeping him afloat. Now he wants my services, but he just said he's struggling. Yo, Brethren 11 still has to pay me something just like I pay him for my milk. Okay, he does have to. He's not been giving me free milk. That would be worse because he's already struggling and now I'm taking free milk. So he has to pay me. 
But like I have, I do have these other clients over here that are paying very well. So it's my choice. If I want to do a gift and reduce my rate for brethren 11, cause he's that close to me, I could choose to do that. And there's nothing wrong with that, but don't make that your business model. Don't make that how you operate all the time. Don't get that to be your habit because then that starts to talk about your self-worth and what you allow people to, how you allow people to treat you and how you allow people to see you. And me, I notice people will be your friend to get things from you. Like, so you, you, me, I'm a very friendly girl. Like I'm so friendly. You could even misinterpret it. You know, I'm very friendly, but at the same time, you, I think there has to be like a nice little separation between friendship and business. And when you enter business, it's a different discussion because you can't give everything away or you're going to live in a cardboard box. And then everyone's going to say, how come you're teaching me about success, for example, but you're in a cardboard box. And it's like, cause I taught you all for free and people don't get that right. People don't understand it. So big boss vibes. The lesson today fam is charge for your gifts and charge what you're worth anytime you can, because you might not need the people in your circle to be the people who are your clients. You might not need the people in your circle to be your clients or your customer base. You might not need the people in your circle to be the ones that listen to your podcast. Although it's amazing when they do, because it's like, who doesn't love the support and appreciate it. And it means something in the heart when it comes from there too. It means something special, right? But that, that even if a hundred percent of your network supports you, like whatever you do, if you're selling bags of milk, 100% of your network is buying bags of milk from only you. It's probably not enough for you to scale your business into a successful, like, you know, a really sustainable and successful business. All right. And remember, if you're selling milk, that means based on the topic we had today, that you found a passion, a gift, an internal gift for selling milk. And that's okay. Like if that's the case, like I know some people who love cleaning and organizing. I know some people that love cleaning and I know other people that love organizing their different skills and some people like both and that's a passion for them. And that's dope. Like we need different passions, just like we need different looks and flavors of ice cream and such and such. We need different passions. So it's all good, but whatever it is, make sure it's your passion. Cause if you do have to go through, like look at the recession and look at COVID and all, all types of decimation on our, our like friggin' financial situation, especially in the North Americas, right? Um, we really do need passion to persevere through this and innovation to come up with new ways to be creative and be successful and passion drives innovation. And we, we require this to get through this time right now. So you really do need to tap into your gifts. I'm saving your life right now. You might not even understand how much I'm saving you. You can write me later and thank me. I have a little tip button on our, my link tree. Um, so you can do that at, at Jesse's world XO. Um, but yeah, if I save your life, <laughs> pay it forward, baby. It's what makes us to be able to continue to create. Um, but yeah, like I know that this is what's required to get through this tough time. Oh, did you hear that? Sorry. It was an alert. I know that that's what's required to get through this tough time. Um, so that said, you have to charge for your gifts. 
and and you're you're not going to get everybody from inside. So maybe we'll do a whole talk eventually on marketing your gifts. Um, we're going to talk about how to monetize your gifts. So that's part of that whole cycle. And I don't want to get too businessy because this isn't, you know, maybe later I'll come out with something that really focuses on business. But part of overall wellness is physical, financial, spiritual, mental, like it's all wellness and it's all part of becoming our best selves. So I'm happy to dedicate some time and expertise to kind of guide you in general into, into tapping into that. And it doesn't matter if it's arts, entertainment, uh, if it's if it's building and construction, if it's real estate, if it's um, writing, you know, or grants or business or venture capitalism or whatever the heck you love or lemonade stand, whatever you want to do with your life, whatever makes you joyful, beadwork, whatever. Okay. I'm telling you, if, if you feel it inside, when you center yourself and you know, it's right, do it, do it. And then you got to find the people who will pay you because those are the people that are your customers. And, and, and be friends with your customers. Appreciate your customers. Make sure you know how to be a good friend first, though. Don't want to treat your customers like a friend and find out you're a bad friend. No. be a, be a, Have values and ethics and morals and love in your heart and let that drive it. But um, it's okay. It's okay to charge for your gifts, baby. Whoever needs to hear that today, I'm here to tell you it. It's okay to charge for your gifts. Okay? It's okay. And if you're just starting out, you don't know what to charge. You don't when you're just starting, maybe you do something where you're just doing it for friends and family and you don't really know how to bring up the topic. Just tell them to give, give what, give what they can, give what they can. That's what I just said. I said, I set up a tip jar, right? <laughs> give what you can. Um, maybe that's something you could do, right? Maybe, maybe you could just say, you know, I'm not going to charge you, but if you can just give a tip. That's great. You'll find out who appreciates you that way too. Right? Because people, people are very appreciative when they're taking, uh, let's see if they give with the same level of appreciation. It's important to know. Okay, darlings. All right. So I do promise you we'll revisit this and next episode, let's talk about monetizing these gifts more. I've given you kind of the, now you got to do it, but let's talk about how and stuff like that. And let's get a little deeper into it. All right, over to gods and goddesses. You know what time it is. We're winding it down. We're bringing it to center and we're really just connecting with self, okay? Um, I did a little bit of the gods and goddesses work when I made you kind of close your eyes and breathe in the beginning during the topic and connect with your with your inner um your inner joy and your inner gifts. Um so I kind of gave, I kind of actually went and did that segment in the wrong order, but that's okay. Um, I'm an off the cuff kind of girl. Um, what I want to do, I just want to take it to center and I just want to dwell in your happy place. I remember I was getting my blood pressure taken the other day I always have good blood pressure. Thank God. But the second last time I had done a checkup, it was a little high. So this time the doctor had said, uh, Think about something great that you love, you know, something that would make you happy. And uh, I did. And it, and my blood pressure was normal again, which is fantastic. I'd also done some work on myself in the meantime. Breathe in, breathe out. Let's center ourselves. 
And I just want to take you to a happy place. It doesn't just have to be a gift. It's just anywhere. Can we think about the future together? Because the beauty about what we've been talking about today. Keep breathing. The beauty about what we've been talking about is that it is for our future. Breathe out. Breathe in. If you effectively use your gifts today, you're planting seeds for the future and you're building um, resources and a legacy that you're, you know, for me, I envision my children's children's children being able to eat from and benefit from um, and enjoy the fruits of my passionate labor. Breathe out. And when I think about the future, it really helps me align with my goals. When I think, and I don't think in a worrying way, I mean like think about the best possible future. Think about five years. Breathe out. Think about 10 years. Breathe out. Where are you? What's giving you joy? Breathe out. What do you look like? Breathe in. How do you feel? Breathe out. What are you experiencing in that moment that makes your heart feel so good and makes you light up from inside? Breathe out. For me, I picture myself healthy, strong, fit, financially very abundant and independent and strong, a beautiful home that's all mine, that I love, that has a pool that I love. Pool is very important. I explained that earlier. That has enough space for all the things that kind of give me that comfort, a gym and a nice little entertainment area that I, that I can easily fill with my grandchildren. I picture my son super successful with his comic career, working in film or comic books and loving what he does with his wife and his children living nearby that the kids can come over anytime they want and that I'm strong and healthy and can run around with them and play with them and take care of them. And that, that would be such a joy for me. I would really look forward to that. And that I have so much abundance, I can literally do anything for them and with them. Oh, and I love my job. I'm such a successful podcaster. I have, I have a whole community of people working with me and we're just sharing fantastic energy with each other and we're like positive ball of momentum of positive mom momentum energy <laughs> we have momentum and it's uh yeah and we just give each other like opportunities and love and energy and vibes and it helps create this kind of 
vac upwardly mobile kind of vacuum or system of um success and happiness and health and joy and community and camaraderie Ooh, i love it and oh if i've published so many books and they're so successful and i public speak and people are so inspired by me and i share more of my story and my healing journey and people love it and they learn from it and it helps them heal Oh, and I love what I do. I'm able to work from home and I'm able to set my schedule, but I'm able to give lasting gifts to the world. And Tradell and I are still putting out children's books and different projects through Platinum Rouge. And oh, awesome Audrey's Kooky Christmas has been released and it's like an annual Christmas favorite on par with Frosty and it's on par with the Grinch Who Stole Christmas, and all of your classic kind of yearly. Uh, oh, it's so exciting. And, and my in that way, my grandma's legacy is like firmly affixed in the Christmas world. And shout out to my ABG fam, because that is where it's set. And that puts us on the map in such a longevity way. And it's just dope and I'm just so blessed and I'm just so happy not just oh it feels so good mm. Mm. what do you feel what are you imagining where do you want to be in two years five years ten years breathe in when you can formulate these blessings in your mind's eye, breathe out. You can have them, honey. It can all come true. I know it. So I'm so excited. And I want to hear all about what you're envisioning and what blessings you are manifesting, what your mind's eye brought for you, how that made you feel. If you could just dwell in that awesome feeling, oh, you can just do so much with your life. You can just be so happy. Oh my goodness, how awesome is that? Yeah, God is so good. I'm just really grateful. I'm grateful for this moment. I'm grateful for this feeling. I'm grateful for my vision for the future. I'm grateful I get to work within my passion. And that I get to like, really, I have so much incentive to work for, so much to work for, so many blessings to, to manifest and to get. And it's so worth it. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm really, really, really excited. And I want you to feel really excited about your future and really excited about your life. And I promise you, you get that firmly affixed. And then we can start to work on a success plan, honey. We can start to set your sights and we can manifest together. And I would just love to have a big party in five years from now where we talk about this day and this moment where we visualize what we wanted and then we see how far we've come and we do it in two years and five years and 10 years and we just offer each other love and support in the process, you know? You can do it. Oh, I'm so excited for everybody. Okay. Okay. <laughs>
we're wrapping up gods and goddesses. I hope you feel good. Oh my God. I hope you feel, if you feel even half as good as I do, I'm just so happy. Mm, if you need more time to formulate what your blessings are and what you want to imagine for your future, then that's okay. Just, um, keep working on it after this podcast, just sit with yourself and just meditate and breathe and it will come, honey, I promise you. And again, if you have any questions, you can DM me at Jessica Vibes and I'll help you get there too. You know what I mean? Okay. We're at the point where we're going to do love and shout outs. Um, and I, I chose, I chose, I chose Tim today for my love and shout out. Uh, I always try to just choose somebody different who means something to me or has made some lasting impact in my life. Um, this today is Uncle Tim, aka my brother Tim, who I was raised with. I was so blessed. He came and saw me for my birthday weekend. And it was just nice to have him on the deck sitting outside with me. Um, I, I don't own a barbecue at this point, but we did have lunch. Um, my mom was there, his daughter Paige, my niece was there. And it was the greatest. My son, of course, was there. Um, and it was just the greatest vibe because Tim and I grew up, you know, hanging out on the patio. And so to be, you know, adults and sitting on my deck and overlooking my backyard and he was giving me tips and I, we were running jokes. Like we have a very similar sense of humor and it's just the cutest thing. Like I love my brother so much. Like Timothy Eden Lambert, I love you so much. I always tell you, you're one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. And now I'm telling everybody, you're one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. I'm so blessed and grateful I got to be raised with you. I feel like I have a bond with you that's very special and very unique. And I would never trade it for anything. You're just the best. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you for being my bridduncle, brother, dad, uncle. And um, this is your shout out, honey. Uh, okay. For today, the quote of the day, and then we have the affirmation and then we are done and I will see you next time. But first, today's quote, heaven on earth is where we all use our unique gifts for personal good and the greater good of each other. Heaven on earth is where we all use our unique gifts for personal good and for the greater good of each other. Meditate. And today's affirmation, you already know the rules, say it with me, or at least internalize it as I say it. I am grateful that I am unique individual with my own gifts and blessings. I appreciate others gifts as I continue to work to nurture and develop my own. I know that my full potential lies within and belongs exclusively to me. I am a galaxy of miracles waiting to unfold and only I can transform them into reality so that I may live my best life and inspire others to do the same. I'll say it one last time. And then I'm signing off. Here's your affirmation today. Breathe with me. 
I am grateful that I am a unique individual with my own gifts and blessings. I appreciate others' gifts as I continue to work to nurture and develop my own. I know that my full potential lies within and belongs exclusively to me. I am a galaxy of miracles waiting to unfold and only I can transform them into reality so that I may live my best life and inspire others to do the same. Thank you so much for tuning into Jesse's World. I hope that you got what you came for and that you enjoyed yourself. Please visit PlatinumRouge.com and follow us on Instagram at Jesse's World XO. J-E-S-S-I-E-S-W-O-R-L-D-X-O. Um, I love chatting with you. And if you have any personal questions, um, well, not personal questions, but questions you want to ask me personally, I'm your host, Jessica Lambert. And you can find me on Instagram at Jessica Vibes with a Z, V-I-B-E-Z. Um, okay, stay blessed and I will talk to you next episode.